You're listening to KDRT LP 95.7 FM, Davis, California. And now stay tuned for Heart to Heart with Dr. G. what I'd like to share with you today. More than ever, it would seem, life's uncertainties are in our full view. I do remember Lahaina quite well. Yet in a moment, it became a has-been and turned maybe into a no-be, no-more, not now. I know that efforts are being made to revive the long-living banyan tree, Uh, Unfortunately, the chances are a bit on the slim side, yet it would be very encouraging even if in the midst of this very painful disaster it did live. Still, it it is yet to be determined whether it will live or whether it will die. And all the while human casualties approach 100 or past that, families or friends are crying, as there is no return to life as we know it for those who have already and so painfully died. So once again, and for certain, we are all reminded one more time, life is a treasure to savor while we have it on hand. Never, never take it for granted.
And this very soothing music is from a CD titled Journey of the Dolphins. Very fitting the subject at hand about never taking life for granted and really taking time to savor that which is to be savored, to be enjoyed, to be appreciated, that is right there with us nearby and that we may be missing when we don't look, when instead of looking out, we are looking in to yourself, our cell phones or just not focusing on the beauty all around. I had the good fortune of living by the ocean for quite a while, in fact. And so the dolphins, who are part of the sea, were seen practically every day. And if you've seen dolphins, whether it's at a... Um, wherever you may have seen them, in the wild or in, 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 a, in a place where animals and fish are being on display... You have, may have been noticed, noticed that the dolphins are moving slowly in a roundabout kind of way, very sensually, and they all seem to have a smile on their face. And yet, as soothing and slow as they seem to be, every now and then one of them bump, jumps out of the air, of the water, and jumps into the air and comes back to the sea. It's a, it's a nice display of knowing how to regulate oneself, knowing how to take life with its splendor, with its joy, which it, with, with its beautiful moments, as, as lovely as they are, and yet also know when and where to, take, to have some energy to jump out of the water and <laughs> be like a dolphin, like a baby dolphin in particular. So today I'm inviting you and I will talk to you about an author whom I particularly appreciate and it's very much in tune with really savoring that which is to be savored in life as it is, even with its difficulties, its dramas, and its tragedies. Take care. I'll be right back. author is Robert, Robert Fulgum. Here's what he says. My house in Seattle is across the street from an elementary school. A high fence blocks my view, but I'm close enough to overhear conversations. One morning, I heard a car door open, then slam shut. A woman's voice came blasting over the fence. Billy, what on earth have you done? Well, my own mother asked me the same question. Often, and I in my turn asked my own children, who no doubt have followed the same line of inquiry with their children, with their kids. This is from a book titled, What on Earth Have I Done?, which can be considered in two ways. What 
marvels have you accomplished? And what have you done that has caused yourself or injury to others, even though your intention may have been very good? And very soon after that, he says the following. There was a moment I wish the entire human race could have shared somehow when astronaut, astronaut Alan Shepard stood still on the surface of the moon in 1971 and looked back at Earth, he wept. His tears came from seeing the fragile beauty of home, this lovely shining blue and white ball floating in the vast darkness of space, so rare in its habitability for human beings. Gorgeous, he said. And I wonder, how would it feel for all of us to be able to stand on the moon on some amazing summer night and look back? Imagine that. Staring speechless, mouths open in amazement. Oh, we'd say, the earth, the earth, the earth. Such a reminder to be in a state of appreciation, to never, never take for granted the beauty and the survivability that is allowed to us humans on the planet Earth. More from the album or the CD. And here it is, Journey of the Dolphin. So, so those words that I've spoken are from one of his many, many books and from the one titled, What on Earth Have I Done? by Robert Fulgum. And he is even more known or possibly best known for another book he has written before this one, perhaps, titled All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. And for reasons that will become quite obvious and that you may have guessed already, I will tell you more about that particular book in a few moments. But right now, to wonder, to have questions in mind, not answers, but questions. What on earth have you done that you have not noticed, appreciated, valued, and recognized as a gift from yourself to yourself? from yourself to your neighbor, to your parents, to your 
to, to the world around you and to the planet itself. What are the gifts that you have given, however small they may have been? Good to think about that. It's also good to think of the question the other way around, so to speak, what on earth have you done? What errors in thinking, unwise decisions have you made? And that if you stop and think about it, you may live to regret that you did this and that or said this and that to that or that other person. And it's not to spend your life with guilt, but rather to learn from your less than wise decisions and to be able to say, thank goodness I learned from the decisions I made with good intentions perhaps or not, and yet I am willing to be reflective and to learn from the decisions I made so that the more I grow in years, the more birthdays I have, I know more about reflecting and learning from my my. My decisions, not your mistakes, but your decisions. And if you think about it, to learn, to, to say to the, the word, I've made so many mistakes, suggests that you ought to be annoyed and irritated with yourself. But to instead say, I made decisions, and now, thank goodness, I'm learning from the decisions I made, which were less than wise, and I can make wiser decisions now (laughs) and I still can make wiser decisions still If there was a time, and was there ever a time such as this time in our human history, to think outside of the box and to recognize the box that we have been placed in by ourselves, by others, by circumstances, by experiences we have had, instead of blaming self or others to say, oh, I now realize what box I was put in, and I realize that the box does not represent my best values, my the human, humane values that I would like to live by. And so how about if I develop new habits? And we learn by doing something repeatedly until it's in our bones, so to speak. So many years ago, Robert Fulgum uh, wrote a book, All I Really Need to Know, I Learned in Kindergarten. 
And I have two copies of that book on my bookshelves. Why do I have two? I don't quite know how I inherited the other one, but it's worth having two of copies of that particular book because it's brilliant. And what I really like about Robert Fulgum is that besides these kindergarten values, which I'll share with you, and I'll share the the version that is for people who are no longer of kindergarten age. His stories are written in such a way that they're easy to read, and yet they invite reflection. What a nice combination. Easy to read for entertainment sake, yet inviting deeper reflection for learning sake. Here's a little bit about Robert Fulgum, who was born in 1937 and grew up in Waco, Texas. He says that for 22 years he served as a Unitarian parish minister in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know exactly where, but I'd like to know. And he says during that same period, he was, he was known to, t- to teach drawing, painting, art history, and philosophy at the Lakeside School in Seattle. So this is a little bit of information from him. He's a man who gave, it would seem, deep thought and deep reflection to aspects of life that we experience easily and take for granted and then forget or set aside as unimportant, when in fact it is important to take time to look at what is important in that which seems so unimportant. Think about that. So here's what he says at the beginning of the book, All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten, and that's by Robert Fulgum, and I'm looking at what is the 15th anniversary edition. In other words, his book has been read so generously that he has republished the same book, yet added some some comments, if you will, and some, some short stories. So he says, all I really need to know about how to live and what to do and how, I, and how to be, I learned in kindergarten. Wisdom was not at the top of the graduate school mountain, but there in the sand pile at Sunday school. Here are the things I learned. I will recite them rather uh, just mention them one after the other, and then I will look at them, some of them anyways, time allowing, a little more closely. Here's what he says about what he learned in kindergarten. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Put things back where you found them. Clean up your own mess. Don't take things that are not yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. Say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. Many of you might know someone, or you might be that kind of person who never, never apologizes. And it's an important thing to know how to do it when in kindergarten, and to know and do it and use that particular perspective 
and reply when we realize that even without meaning so at times, we may have done or said something that was causing pain to another, and we apologize. And then we offer, what, how can I help you with that? How can I make up for my, my determination to say something that I didn't think about very quickly at the time? Is there anything that I can do for you? That's one good thing to ask the other, but it's also good to ask oneself, how can I be with this person in a new way so that I have less to apologize for, shall we say, because I, I don't put my foot in my mouth so often, so to speak. I reflect it's not killing spontaneity, but it's knowing that even spontaneity can be a sign of having reflected on what one thinks, what one feels, and what's appropriate to say at this moment. And that's one of the things he says he learned in kindergarten. Say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. And that is an important piece because it's about the power of the words when you are older when you're 20 or 40 or 60 or 80 or 110, we often do not realize the power of our words. And even if we don't mean to hurt someone, we may, in fact, cause some distress, some, uh, some, some dismay for the other person because... If we, if you said, if we or any of us say something without even reflecting on what is important about this that I need to say at this moment, it's just, just that I want to get it off my mind, and it's my opinion anyways, or is it that it has some value for the other person, and not because I think so, because the other person is expecting or asking for that value, and that's an important consideration in thinking about conversation or having an exchange of, of information is, is this person wanting to hear some way to fix it or some of my opinion about it or what I have experienced that might be similar or is that person just wanting to be heard? And it's an interesting thing to consider that sometimes even when we ask, the person may say, yeah, 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 sure, I, I want to hear what you have to say. But oftentimes it's good to double check it because they may say so because they think they're expected to say that. And the fact may be that what they want is just to be heard. I'm hurt at this moment. I made, I, I, I did or said something that was hurtful to someone, and I feel badly that I caused that person pain. And to simply hear that is more helpful than to say, oh, don't make such a big thing out of that, because that's not as, you know, it's probably forgotten by now. If the person is mentioning a feeling, a, a reflection, a perspective, it's good to hear what they're saying, not what you think about their say, what they're saying. Stay tuned for more.
Here is what else Robert Fulgum has to say about these are the things I learned in kindergarten. Wash your hands before you eat. Flush. Warm cookies and cold milk are good for you. Life, live a balanced life. Learn some and think some and draw and paint and sing and dance and play and work every day some. Ah, the balance of activities, not just one. Think about that. Take a nap every afternoon. When you go out in the world, watch out for traffic, hold hands, and stick together. And later he says, And it is still true, no matter how old you are, when you go out into the world, it is best to hold hands and stick together. Think about that. The planet, we think of it as big. It really is quite small. And we all live in different parts of the country or different parts of the world and have a different history and a different, techno, uh, different um, perspective and different religion and different uh, style of eating. And yet underneath it all, we are all people of the human sort and it might be good to stick together, to walk hand in hand, so to speak, with respect for one another, saying, who knows when I might need you or you might need me, and I would like our separation of thought and perspective to not get in the way of each one of us being able to help the other, as it must have been in Maui this past week when the fire was burning everywhere and there's no thinking about, do I want to take help from that person or not? It's like, anybody will do. Thank you very much. Ah, Stay tuned for more. a little more about Robert Fulgum. In his youth, he worked as a ditch digger, a newspaper carrier, a ranch hand, and, <laughs> would you believe, a singing cowboy. Now the question is, what did he learn from each, in each of these instances, even the, if uh, one particular job is the lowest one ca can think of having as a position, earning money, at least there's earning of money. And if one takes pride in doing whatever, even if it's ditch digging or carrier, carrier of a newspaper or being a ranch hand or a singing cowboy, how about how to make it, how to allow oneself to let it be as important and meaningful as possible so that at least we can say that we have had a rich and purposeful 
and meaningful life, and we have learned along the way to make it richer and more meaningful and more purposeful. It is not, a, it's not something that you get overnight. It's not a decision that you make, you make with your thinking mind. It's a way of being that you get to be by very virtue of practicing a, with a perspective that is well thought out and meaningful. Stay tuned for more. little bit more about Robert Fulgum after college and a brief career with IBM, he returned to graduate school to complete a degree in theology. And a degree in theology, I will add, requires that one be willing to think beyond the line that is given in school in a book one is reading which might be a line that you choose to make as your own, and yet it invites reflection. And a life that is lived including questions and reflections is, stands a, a better chance of being meaningful and rich, rich and more of what represents the best of you. You're listening to KDRT LP 95.7 FM, Davis, California. remind you that one of the programs on this station, particularly meaningful at this moment perhaps, is titled Namele o Hawaii. So please join host Beth Post as she features the unique sounds of Hawaiian music from early icons of island music to today's innovators exploring styles, the history of the genre, 
and revered songs and performance per performers. It is uh, live on Thursdays from 1 till 3, that's tomorrow, and it, it can be uh, listened to at any time one wants by going online. Beth Post, Namele o Hawaii, particularly meaningful at this moment when we know that Hawaii is, has been faced with a disastrous circumstance and the town of Lahaina is no longer what you have known it, some of you who have ventured there, known it to be. I'm very familiar with Lahaina, having been to Maui within a short period of time. I was offered, asked to teach at a university there and be part of uh, a program. And I think the t theme was women moving forward. Namele? Oh, um, I'm not sure I have the name right, but um, at, at any rate, um, I had a T-shirt with the words, Women Moving Forward, written in Hawaiian. And yet the town, which is known as a tourist delight, and it certainly was a delight for me, is no longer what it has been. Perhaps it will become something even better. We do not know, but the degree of pain and the disastrous history is with us and as a reminder, as I said early on, never, never take planet Earth for granted, never. And this music is from an album titled Journey of the Dolphin. And it's a reminder of the richness of the deep blue sea. Let's look at some of the statements that Robert Fulgum makes in kindergarten. All I ever need to know, I learned in kindergarten. And those are life tools of great value, even though we may think they belong to the things you're supposed to do when you're in kindergarten. It's, it really is about learning to, to be living with other people and giving consideration to your wants and your needs and being able to tell the difference between wants and needs and also being sensitive to the needs of others as well. So the first one is share everything. And when we have a nation filled with people who seem to be believing in their entitlement as if they are special. It is good to remember the word in French, it's partager, sharing, knowing that we all deserve the best there is. It doesn't mean that it should be given to us. It may mean that we may have to def define and, de and discover 
our capabilities, and some people will, in fact, uh, be more successful than others, yet at the same time, it's everyone's job, if you will, in life to discover and therefore partager, share with others the richness of who they are. The next item is play fair. Consider others and the impact on others as well as yourself. Find the balance of not just what you want and not just what you need, but what does somebody else wish for or actually need and how can we give to them that which they need and differentiate between our own wants and our needs and give ourselves. You know, there's an example that is given. It's old. Everybody's heard it a long time ago when people were flying, and people are still flying, it seems, and the, and the host or hostess would come out and indicate that if there was a change in air pressure, this little thing, mask, would come down from from above and put it on before you put it on your child or an elder person who may be sitting next to you. In other words, take care of yourself so that you can be available to be of assistance to others. It's an important reminder about how important it is to take good care of oneself. Play fair. And the next one is don't hit people. It sometimes requires a great deal of reflection because we may be angry and we may be being treated very unfairly or unjustly or cruelly, and we don't have to like that and we don't have to to appreciate something that is uh, done in poor faith and um, and and hurtful to us. Yet at the same time, it is good to. Consider their perspective. Play fair. Consider others as well as yourself. And so it's a reminder, take good care of yourself. And I'm about to possibly offer a presentation. It it has yet to be determined and and, uh, a date has to be set, etc. About who takes care of the caregiver. Because people who are in a caregiving, whether it's a child who's ill or a child who's disabled or an adult who is ill or disabled or a mate who used to be a companion and who is now a dependent, how can people who are caretakers, who in the world takes care of the caretakers, how can they be taking care of themselves while also being caring of others? Don't hit people. Self-regulation. Just because you're angry doesn't mean that you strike out because then what you're doing is you're joining the other person in their very poor way of solving problems. It's only adding problems to the pre-existing problems, so to speak. Self-regulation. And in Qigong, there is a a particular form of movement that is about regulating, self-regulation, regulating the triple heaters so that when you're on fire and you're angry and you're justified and you say, I'm right about this, and you might be, you might be correct. At the same time, instead of acting from anger, if you can act from a peaceful place, 
a strong place perhaps, and yet a place of peace and calm so that you are regulating and you are giving some consideration to what is the best way to handle this and how can I, what can I feel, what do I want to feel at the end of this interaction or at the end of this day? Another thing that um, Robert Fulgum says, put things back where you found them and clean up your own mess. <laughs> I love that. Learn to how to be accountable and responsible. And accountable means that if you give your word, then, then you do it. You have committed yourself, even if it's not on paper or signed by several attorneys, <laughs> okay? It's like you're accountable for what you choose to do and what you choose to say. And clean up your own mess. You take responsibility for what, what you may have done that may have been hurtful or painful for someone else or hurtful or painful to yourself as well. You take responsibility. I realize that I handled this in a way that was not in line with my values, and I apologize for that, and I am so sorry that I caused you distress or pain or discomfort. Oh, my goodness, the, having the courage to apologize, it doesn't make you less than, it makes you more than the person you have portrayed yourself to be. Think about that. I'll be right back. So I'm sharing some thoughts and reflections coming in part from the reading of everything I need to I, I need to know I learned in kindergarten. And also I've read from What on Earth Have I Done? Stories, Observations, and Affirmations by Robert Fulgum. And he has written a number of other books. I'll give you a few titles in a moment or two. But at this moment, I want to continue with at least part of the list. It is worthwhile to get the book, make it a keeper so that you don't have to return it, and you can highlight it and underline it and, and reflect upon it and go back to it. When he thinks, think, one of the things he said, don't take things that are not yours, having respect for self and respect for others. 
You are as much as the next person, and the next person is as much as you. We all have values. We may have talents that have not yet been discovered or or expressed or uh, revealed, even to ourselves. And yet we are all people of the human sort, and it is good if we respect one another and do not take things that are not yours just because you deserve it, you have a right to it, or et cetera, et cetera, but rather find a way to have the capacity to discuss and come up to a resolution with a resolution that fits both both parties, both both persons. And again, say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. Ah, the power of words, the power of having the guts, the courage to apologize when you have said something that was hurtful to another person, and you say, I realize, I've reflected back on what I did, what I said, what I insinuated, or even what I said, not with words, but with my expression, because oftentimes we express with our expression, the expression, the look on our face, as if we are putting down the other person's value instead of saying, I'm interested in knowing more what it's like for you, and I will listen with interest. Positive inquiry, shall we say. Stay tuned for more. Robert Fulgum has written several books, and I have several of his books, not all of them. And they are usually written in a style that makes it very easy to read. There are short stories, and some of them are dynamite, so to speak. They are meaningful. They are like, oh my gosh, I got to read this again because I want to get the full measure of the wisdom that is hidden behind these simple words that are written by Robert Fulgum. And um, perhaps in the future I will single out some stories that have been meaningful, and others may not be all that meaningful, but they could be of slight interest, and who knows, there could be a time when they become that much more meaningful. For example, here's a, a title of a book that I do have, and I like the title a lot, Robert Fulgum, in big words. Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Ah, There is value in certainty, and yet there is even greater value in wondering. Not self-doubt, but wondering, am I missing something? Is there something more to this event or this saying or this story? Or could it be applicable to me? And in what way might it be applicable to me? And I want to 
be responsible for that. I don't have that book in front of me at this moment. However, I sure like the title. So here are three books, everything I need to learn, all I really need to know, I learn in kindergarten. That's the, 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 the most important book to get. What on earth have I done, which invites the question about self-valuing in a realistic way, and also self-questioning. What have I done at times that could have been hurtful to others, and I didn't mean to, but mm, maybe that's all I knew to do at the time. I can forgive myself, and yet at the same time, I can also apologize. And here are a few other books that he's written. Words I Wish I Wrote, True Love, and here's a long title, It Was on Fire When I Lay Down on It, <laughs> by Robert Fulgum. Um, and I think I have that one, come to think of it. And one title, From Beginning to End, The Rituals of Our Lives. And um, I don't have that one, and I would like to read it because I like rituals, and I like that they single out moments or events in our lives that are particularly significant and meaningful. And it is good to have rituals that single out in that way when something is sacred or special or meaningful and we want to celebrate it with awe, A-W-E, and awe. A-H. Ah, yes, that's happening again, and that's meaningful, and that's purposeful, and that serves a purpose that goes beyond the words that I can speak, so to speak. And so I invite you to read Robert Fulgum and certainly get that first book, if you will, called All I Really Need to Know, I Learned in Kindergarten. And then instead of evaluating the writer, I invite you to evaluate yourself and say, how does this apply to me? What was it like for me being in kindergarten, even if it was a long time ago, or even a very, very long time ago? Or you didn't go to kindergarten because there was no kindergarten back in those days. Nonetheless, when you were at that age, and... How does it apply to you at this time, at this time of controversies and difficulties and questions about will the banyan tree survive, which I, I do hope that it will, and yet I will not be surprised if it does not. Either way, even though if it does survive, it would give hope to more people, at the same time, life ends with death. And death is part of life. And that's the way it is. Stay tuned for more. Here's one story that really touched me. It's very short, and it's titled Yelling, and it's apparently based on a story in the South Pacific in the Solomon Islands that some villagers 
practice a unique form of logging. They scream and shout at a tree. And sure enough, eventually and fairly soon, if I understand the story, it seems to die. The theory is that the hollering kills the spirit of the tree. According to the villagers, it always works. Instead of questioning the veracity of uh, and uh, trying out this uh, in your own backyard, ask yourself, do I scream or shout at people? Or have people shouted or screamed or yelled at me in the co- course of my, my, my life? The writer says, me? I yell at my li- wife I, and yell at the telephone. And, and the lawnmower, and I yell at the TV and the newspaper and my children. I've been known to shake my fist and yell at the sky at times. And it's really good to ask oneself, what am I doing when I'm doing that? Am I adding to my anxiety and my negativity? Or am I really killing the spirit of others without intending to or meaning to? And then the last line in this very short story is one that is very important to reflect upon. He says, Sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will break our hearts. Ooh la la. Ask yourself, is there something in your story, in your history at some time that you would like to reflect upon when your words perhaps broke someone's heart. And that is not about taking responsibility for someone else, but it sure is about taking responsibility for oneself, one's own behaviors, one's own manner of dealing with joy and dealing with distress as well. Think about that. Well, today I've talked about a number of things, but certainly I've focused on Robert Fulgum, and we all need sources, reliable and worthwhile sources of inspiration. I think what this man has to say fits the bill. This is Dr. G saying ciao for now.